Hey everybody, welcome back to the Slay Less Show. We are down to the very last two episodes of the season, which I am releasing together. Um, and I can't wait for you guys to hear them. It's been a really interesting season. I've had a lot of fun just kind of documenting um, single motherhood and just other things that I've experienced throughout the past year. And just kind of looking at that through an academic and a sociological lens and just expressing my emotions and touching on greater themes that I see throughout our culture and society. And um, it's been really rewarding and really cathartic for me to be able to get all these different thoughts out. Um, Today, like I said, we're down to the last two episodes. So I get to record these for you guys, release them, and then I'll just be spending the rest of my summer promoting, resting, um, and working on some of my other projects. So uh, today... I want to talk about why people go back to their abusers, people who have been in abusive relationships, why they would go back to the person that's abusing them. Um, I remember back in 2015, I was taking a graduate class and it was like uh, a really interesting class. It was race, gender and media. And um, one of the things that we talked about, one of the units that we learned about and discussed and um, just kind of dive deeper into was the way that abusers and abuse is perpetuated in the media um and just the general misunderstandings that you often see when these types of things happen um i remember being young enough to watch the oj simpson trial on tv um i remember you know several high profile cases throughout the course of my life i remember when Chris Brown assaulted Rihanna and she missed the Grammys and the pictures of her face were made public and people were super horrified. Um, And that was in 2009, I want to say. And then she ended up being in a relationship with with him again, I think in 2012 or 2013. And people were just being really disgusted with her and talking crazy about her and just, you know, attacking her in a variety of ways. Um, You know, all these different things I remember like specifically how old I was what I was doing so on and so forth specifically for those stuttering sorry specifically for those two cases um but I also have paid very close attention to the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard trial which is why I actually wanted to do this podcast today um because I think and this is just this is the only thing I'm going to say specifically about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard um What I see as a consistent theme in public discourse anytime we talk about people who have been abused and their past, current, or future dealings with the person who was abusing them, one of the the things I continuously see is this broad misunderstanding of the way power works in these relationships and why people would ultimately go back to someone who has been mistreating them, abusing them, so on and so forth. So there are a couple of things I want to talk about today. Um, just some just general reasons that I see why people go back to abusive relationships. Much of this is things that I've actually personally experienced. So number one, unequal power. Um, typically in an abusive relationship, in any relationship, there are power dynamics, right? And I think in a healthy relationship, power is pretty evenly split. Um, you are in a relationship where you guys value each other's input You value each other as people. You love each other. You want to see, you know, you want the best for each other, so on and so forth. Um, In abusive relationships, power 
is typically more leveraged by the person that is doing the abusing, obviously. Um, now, power comes in a bunch of different ways, right? One of the most interesting things that I think arises from relationships is when there is unequal financial power. Um, just going back to that class I was telling you about that I was in in 2015 for my graduate uh, in graduate school when I was doing my master's. I remember the class like broke into like this huge, almost like physical fight because um, this guy was like, well, he was speaking of his own personal experiences. And he was like, you know, my mom was in an abusive relationship. It's like, she left. He's like, I don't understand this. Why don't you just leave? Just leave. And he like, he was getting frustrated because in his mind, he saw his mother leave. And so he couldn't understand why anybody else in an abusive relationship wouldn't just leave. So other people got upset. They're like, no, you know, it became very personal, very emotional. People started revealing stories of how they personally knew people who had tried to leave abusive relationships and ended up getting killed or went missing or, you know, something seriously dangerous or harmful happened to them because they tried to leave. And so it was just like this back and forth between this guy and people who were kind of like siding with him and other people in the class who were like, no, that's not, that's not the way that it works. And I, I would have to say that a lot of the time that isn't the way it works. Um, people want to leave a lot of the time. Like they, I don't think anyone is sitting in a relationship, an abusive relationship and like, yes, okay, I'm just gonna, this is this, this is that. Okay. This is life. No, I think if people felt like they had options, if they knew what their options were, if they felt like they had resources, if they knew what their resources were, they would not stay in these abusive situations, right? Um, Like I said, money, employment. um, I have had the pleasure of being able to talk to a lot of different women uh, intergenerationally, women that are much older than me. um, And the stories they've told me about abuse and about them being able to leave, you know, you're talking about women that were in abusive relationships with very small children back when women weren't allowed to get credit cards, when it was hard for women to find viable employment outside of their homes, when it was hard for women to, you know, be able to sign a lease or a mortgage, take on a mortgage by themselves or have a car, you know, sign for a car, all of which are tied to our finances, all of which are tied to credit, which was at one point historically denied to women simply for the fact that they're women. Um, power also comes in, you know, like, again, I don't want to touch too much on this, but like, you know, the whole Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, um, Johnny Depp is way more powerful than her. He's way more connected. He has way more resources. That's not saying that he did not experience abuse in that relationship. And it's not saying that she didn't experience abuse in that relationship, but I am saying like, let's not pretend here in, out of those two people out of their relationship dynamic, one of them has way more power than the other person um you see that a lot when you are dissecting abusive relationships the person with more money the person with more prestige with more you know connections they can manipulate a story or manipulate whatever is happening in their favor almost every single time um power is absolutely like the foundation of understanding how abusive relationships are perpetuated right Um, Because power is so all-encompassing, power covers manipulation, it covers, you know, love, it covers hope, it covers all these different things that are kind of wrapped into power dynamics and you being able to manipulate somebody. Um, You know, abuse also happens, it doesn't just like, you know, it happens over a a period of time. Um, People are not 
getting into relationships where they're off the bat being abused because no one, you know, the, the chances of someone staying in a relationship like that and they're being abused from the very gate are very, very slim, very small, right? No one is staying in a relationship where the second date y'all have, this person is punching you in your face, slapping you, slapping drinks out of your hand. You know, that's not happening. Um, abusive relationships, they're almost like grooming, right? Like you work this person up to the point where now you are actually physically harming them, but you've belittled them, you've chipped away at them, you've done so many other things that now you're able to really sink into them and that's a lot of the time how power takes place and how power is perpetuated in these relationships. But that point, by the time you actually start hurting someone or really like physically abusing, like mental and emotional abuse has probably already taken place. By the time you get to physical abuse um, or financial abuse, it's probably already taken place. By the time you get to physical abuse, I would say like if we're looking at this as like stages of what's taking place, I would put physical abuse at the later stages, right? Because no one is being physically abused right off the bat. You're working, your, they're, they're being worked up to that point. They're being groomed to that point. So by the time they get to that point, they are more accepting of what's happening because they've been desensitized by other forms of abuse. Um, power, to really understand abuse, you have to, in abusive relationships, you really have to understand power. It is convincing someone they're not deserving of anything better. It is convincing that they're not worthy, that they're not, you know, no one's going to believe them, that if they leave you, they're not going to have anything. They're not going to have any supports, all of which I have seen, all of which we can see clearly in some of these different um, really famous cases of abusive relationships. The second thing I want to get into, and this ties into power, manipulation. Without power, there can be no manipulation. Like power and manipulation really go hand in hand. Um, people who are abusive are, in my opinion, and this I'm not a medical professional, but they're typically psychotic. Uh, I would love to have had this conversation again with... Um, a psychiatrist but they're smart you know charming they know the right things to say they know how to pull at your emotional heartstrings they know how to really sink their teeth into you to make you feel like you know gaslighting in a way to make you feel like well maybe I'm tripping maybe it wasn't really that bad maybe I did this you know maybe I pushed this person to the max maybe I did something that made them ultimately snap you know, a bunch of different things can be taken into account here for why manipulation is so deadly when it comes to abusive relationships and why people would stay with their abuser. Um, you know, when you are being abused, trauma is, is weird. Um, as someone who survived an abusive relationship, I still, those feelings sometimes, I still remember how I felt in every instance where I felt like I was being torn down or whatever the case was, um, those feelings like trauma imprints on your body. So you remember what it feels like manipulation with people who have experienced abuse or are in abusive relationships, they are experiencing extreme levels of trauma. They're, you know, internalizing a lot of this stuff and that makes it so much easier for them to be manipulated by their abusers. It makes it easier for them to be taken advantage of. It makes it easier for them to, essentially be gaslit into told you know basically told that you're you're making like you're making this up but that's not actually what happened like that's not really what happened like, like that's not that shit is really wild to me and I cannot explain to you unless you actually personally experience this I cannot explain to you how wild it is for someone to sit there and tell you that what you fucking knew happened or what you felt saw experience didn't actually happen that is the most frustrating and evil shit that I can possibly like it is 
out of control. Um, and, but that happens all the time in abusive relationships. Especially in the age of technology, people will sit there and lie on the phone, lie in text messages, so on and so forth, all for the sake of covering their tracks, all for the sake of, you know, creating confusion and discord, all for the sake of really, you know, tying down and really seeking in their manipulation in a way that if you were to go public with your your allegations or go public with what's been happening to you that it would, you know, almost in a way make you look like you're lying or make you look crazy, all sorts of things. Um, Manipulation, I want to say also, my heart goes out, especially to people who are, who suffer from mental illness or suffer suffer from like any type of mental health issues, um, including like anxiety and depression, because these things are absolutely used against you. Um, I remember at one point being suicidal and being in an abusive relationship and feeling like the person that was abusing me was going to use that against me at some point. Um, that has been used against me by that person and by other people. Um, but I want to also say this, if you are experiencing mental health issues and you're also in an abusive relationship, I, the, the law is on your side. The law is on your side. Uh, mental health professionals are on your side. So please do not be afraid to go forward and to move on with your life and to do whatever you have to do to take the steps forward to be okay, to be okay for yourself, to be okay if you have any children, whatever the case may be, because I promise you that's not going to be like, that's, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Sorry. You tried it, but it's not going to work. Um, I also want to say this, um, when we're talking about manipulation, really, um, And I can't say this enough. I think ultimately when you're being manipulated and you're being manipulated in a way that you feel like you're being drawn back into an abusive relationship, take whatever necessary steps that you possibly can to get some help. I can't stress that enough because like I said, people who are manipulative and abusive, um, they're psychotic and they are doing this shit on purpose to infiltrate your mind to negatively impact your mental health um and to ultimately reassume control over you that's all it is manipulation is a tool to reassume control over someone um i can't stress that enough to you please hold on as much as you can because this happens a lot too it definitely happened to me it's happened to so many others Hold on to people that care about you and do not isolate yourself as much as you can. I know some people are in positions where they cannot help it, but if as much as you can, do not isolate yourself. Stay around people that can see shit for what it really is and stay around people that can help you in the clutch because manipulation really is extremely deadly. I think power is extremely important, but I think manipulation, especially when you're talking about people who are experiencing extreme trauma, manipulation will kill you. It can, it can lead to your death. Um, hope. The next one I want to talk about. Hope. A lot of people return to abusive relationships because of hope. Um, abusive relationships are very complex. They are multi-layered. They are never, in my opinion, in my experiences, they are not one-dimensional relationships. Meaning, if you are in a space or a place where someone is, you know, you've you've invested years of your life, your money, your emotions into a relationship. Um, Even if the relationship is abusive, 
there is a chance that you're probably not going or the person that's experiencing this abuse is not going to want to just throw that away. And I understand where those emotions come from, because after you have invested so much into something, it kind of becomes like, well, if this fails, I did this all for nothing, especially if you are in a position where you don't really have anybody else to lean on. You don't have, you know, a six month emergency fund that you can take out of your savings. You may not even have access to your own money, because if you're in an abusive relationship, there's a very good chance that the person that you're with has taken control of all your money. You may not have shit. You literally may not have anything at all. And that is super scary. Um, And my heart definitely goes out to people who are experiencing that. And a lot of the time, what happens is people are in those relationships and they will go back because they're hopeful that things will change. They're hopeful that things will get better. Even if they don't feel like the person that they're with is going to change, they're hopeful that things will get better. Um, And a lot of the time, they don't. A lot of the time, things continue to escalate, continue to become more violent to the point, you know, where people are literally in fear of for their lives uh, for their children's lives um but hope keeps a lot of people chained it really does um and i'm gonna say this i do not think that men i say men but i mean i'm not gonna sit here and fucking mince words um men are the biggest perpetuators of violence in the world period argue with your mama because you're not gonna argue with me that's just the facts Um, You can feel however the fuck you want to feel about that, but it's the truth. Men perpetuate far more violence than women could ever systematically, (laughs) could ever even, could ever do, could ever perpetuate, period. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and argue about that. Um, But I want to say this, people who abuse, they, unless they seek professional help, which most of them will not, may not even have access to for various reasons. Most of them will not for various, a, a, a multitude of reasons, um they're probably not going to change things will get worse especially if there's drugs and alcohol involved things will get worse um the relationship will become more violent you will face far more extreme levels of danger than you even thought were probably possible if you have children they will start to become aware of what's taking place and they will also be affected by that and i think um personally for me that was the main reason because both both times i was assaulted my child was in the house and the person doing that did not care. And that shows me enough. Um, and even if you return, because I def- I, I certainly, I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but I definitely returned to my child's father on several different occasions. And on every single occasion, something would happen. He would blow up and he would show me that he had not changed. And that was confirmation for me that he would never change, and that I needed to leave. And I needed to take my child and I needed to cut ties and do whatever I had, whatever I had to do to be okay and to make sure my child was okay. And I stand on that and I'll never apologize. And I feel the same way for most other women who are in the same position or experience similar things. Hope keeps you in some ways bound. Um, as a person who intrinsically is optimistic and who sees, I try to see the best in everybody. Um, I will say a lot of people in abusive relationships probably have the same mindset they want to see the best. They want to hold on for hope. You know, a lot of the time you want to keep your family together for the sake, especially if you came from a family that's not a two-parent home. You want to keep your family together because you didn't you didn't experience that. And you want to keep your family together because you know what it's like, the pain of like not having two parents in the household or not having your father around if your mom's not around. You understand that. And so you understand that very well. And you remember those emotions and you will do anything to keep your child from feeling those emotions. But I promise you right now, your babies, your kids, they're better off. 
they're better off not seeing that. They're better off being in a healthy environment where they're going to feel loved. Nobody else, you know, the, the, you're not being abused, taken for granted, financially abused, emotionally, mentally, physically abused. You need to leave. Do whatever you can. You have to go. But yes, um, hope is one of the main reasons that keeps people tied into abusive relationships. People hope that people are going to change. They hope that the person that they've experienced abuse from is going to change. Um, as a religious person, I have never personally heard a religious leader say this to me, but I have heard other women and other women have confided in me that their church leaders, people at their church have essentially told them to pray it away. Pray that he gets better. Pray that, you know, he, he learns to control his temper. Pray that he don't stop drinking. Pray he'll stop abusing drugs. And you can pray for all those things. You can pray all those different things and you can pray for them far away from that person as well too because i promise you um i don't think first and foremost i'm not a preacher i'm not a theologian but um no a hell no uh pray from the safety of a shelter pray from the safety of your own house pray from the safety of like distance away from that person because because this is not even i mean i, I personally i don't even feel like that's godly advice to offer someone oh pray it away it'll get that's not even no 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 mm-mm Hope is very important. Hope is biblical. It is rooted in Christianity, but also I have a very hard time believing that the God I serve, the one that sent his son to die for my sins, is asking you to stand in an abusive relationship where you're getting knocked upside your head, your life is being threatened, you have no real autonomy over who you are, your children don't feel safe. Yeah, fuck all that. Leave. Please. Please. As fast as you can, get away um and love huh romantic (laughs) yes it is possible to love the person that has perpetuated extreme abuse against you it's also possible to hate them um a thin line between the two but a lot of people stay with the people that are abusing them because like i said relationships are complex you typically in a relationship in an intimate romantic partner relationship you know shit about this person that nobody else knows you know about whatever abuses they may have faced and you oftentimes you can use you know whatever they've told you in the past like i experienced this growing up or i feel like i wasn't loved i feel like i wasn't you know people will will tell you everything about themselves um and you can look at this one of two ways this person was actually confiding in you these things really happened or this person is actually confiding in you and they're using these things as an excuse not to change i do feel like adults no matter what you've experienced you as an adult have a responsibility to seek out healing and to seek out help. Um, Not to say that we don't sympathize with adults who have experienced childhood trauma or abuse, but at the same time, as an adult, you now have a responsibility to address the things that you are doing or that that address the things that that happen to you and how they affect what you do in your adult life and adulthood. Um, You have to do that. You have a responsibility to do that. You have a responsibility to really check on yourself and make sure you're going to be okay and make sure that you are leading a healthy life and that you're you know you know you're in a position to where you can raise healthy children if you decide to be a parent you can be a healthy partner if you decide to be in a relationship that's the thing is like you don't get to use your trauma as an excuse to abuse other people and that's one thing that i had to learn because um you see this a lot. You'll see people confide in their partners, all the different fucked up shit that may have happened to them in their childhood, but you will never see them trying to seek out help. 
therapy is important, y'all. Find you a therapist. Find you whatever free resources you can find. Do whatever you have to do to seek out healing for yourself. Um, because the thing is, like I said, as an adult, like you don't get to use these things as an excuse to be evil and to perpetuate unkind abuse in towards other people. Um, back to what I was saying, I want to tie this back into love. A lot of the time, like I said, you know more things about your partner than anybody else does. It is easy when you love someone to make excuses for why they do the shit that they do. It is easy when you love someone to look up, oh, well, this is, you know, like, well, they can't help it. They can't help being this way because this happened. Or they can't help that because, you know, this happened. Or he doesn't, he doesn't know how to control his anger because he watched his mom get abused by his stepdad. Or he doesn't, he doesn't know this. He doesn't know how to love because he was abandoned by his parents as a child. When you love someone, you will sit there and rationalize. You will feel sorry for them. You will take on emotional labor that you are not equipped or skilled enough to take on. We are not psychiatrists. We are not LPCs. We're not social workers. Um, You can empathize with someone and also realize that you need to leave them alone. But love, like a lot of people go back to their abusers because they love them. And the thing is, love has a very redeeming quality. Um, you can love someone, though, but you cannot love someone out of problems that they do not wish to address personally themselves. You can love someone, but you cannot fix them with love. You can love someone, but you cannot save them with love. Um, people have to be committed to doing that work themselves they have to be committed to seeking out the help to make sure that they can be okay and that they can have healthy interpersonal interpersonal relationships um you cannot love people out of that i i hate that i hate i hate that we have to even you know really go there and even say that because the thing is is like where love does have such this it has like this very romanticized meaning in our culture and our society Um, But love can also be tough and loving. You have to love yourself as well, too. You have to love the people that are also affected by this relationship. And you have to love yourself enough to know that you're better than what you're experiencing. You don't deserve to experience what you're experiencing and to ultimately get away and to ultimately walk away. Because if you don't, men are killing women, y'all. My mom said that to me. Um, When I was going through some of the darkest of times, in the past abusive relationship that I was in. That's what she said. And I want to say this. Um, if, somebody, if a nigga threatens to kill you, believe him. Okay? Don't. Oh, he didn't. Mean, uh, no. We've lost too many. We've lost too many. Um, because they didn't believe the person when they said that they were going to physically like harm them to the point of death. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't want to see, I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of seeing that. (sighs) I'm tired of seeing it. Um, I was just reading a story the other day about a young woman in Lubbock. (laughs) She had finally got away from him and he tracked her down. He murdered her. And then I read a story more recently. This, that story that I just said about in Lubbock happened a while ago, but this year I was teaching, um, 
And one of my students actually brought this story to my attention, but this young lady had gotten away from her abusive boyfriend and he went and found her and killed her, killed her brother, killed her brother's girlfriend, killed all the kids in the house and killed himself. And that's heinous. And I hate that. And I, I want women to have the kind of resources to protect themselves and to get the fuck away from people who wish them nothing but ill will and harm. Um, no, we deserve collectively. Women deserve better than that. If you're in an abusive relationship, I understand. I understand why you go back, but I also want you to know you don't need to go back. You should not be going back. Um, you need to do whatever you can reach out to whoever, whatever shelters, um, here in Dallas, there are lots of different resources that can help you. And if you are experiencing abuse and you don't know where to go, you can reach me. Um, you can email me at slaylest at gmail.com. You can go on my website, www.theslaylestshow.org and leave me an anonymous message. You can message me on Instagram at the Slay Less Show. I will do whatever is in my personal power to help you direct you to the res- to the resource that you need because, you know, abuse has a variety of negative impacts. Um, I tried to kill myself because I had lost so much hope and I was fully committed to that idea and it was only because my neighbors found me collapsed in the parking lot of my apartments that... And they called the police. The police and the ambulance were able to get me to the hospital fast enough. But I was fully ready to go because of all the pain and trauma I had experienced. And I was so tired and I was so exhausted and I was so done. I don't want any of you guys to experience that. I don't want it to get to that point. Um, The thing about abusive relationships, you never know when you go back to someone who's abusing you if it's going to be the last time you get to go back. You never know how much more violent this person has has become, how much more hate and vitriol they may possess for you that they might be, you know, shielding and hiding in a variety of ways. You never know if the next time that you go back is going to be the last time when you're dealing with someone who's abusive. I don't care how well you think you know that person. Please, 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 please do not go back. Please seek help. Please reach out to your village. Whatever you have to do. Ooh, getting emotional. So I'm going to wrap this up. And yeah, I have one more episode for the season. Thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you soon.